Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Sports Cognition. I am your host, Michael Miles. Thank you again for coming back and checking out this week's episode. See, I'm talking about what everything's going on in the sports world right now. March Madness, we got the NBA, some uh, crazy shit going on with the NFL right about now, and uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about that as well. But, man, uh, uh, right now it's March Madness is pretty much what everyone is focusing on, and it seems as though that uh, the madness is just taking over. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't say that my brackets are necessarily busted right about now but they are uh, definitely hurting a little bit um and i always feel like at this time of the year um you know everyone always thinks that you know they're so smart and with their picks and everything and that you know uh, uh, they made the right picks. They know what they're talking about when it comes to this kind of stuff. But but you don't. And uh, everyone wants to, you know, lay claim that they know more about college basketball than you just because you may have had a pick that wasn't, you know, the most popular pick and everything. And so, and, you know, I, I, I feel as though that, um, you know, it's, it's not so easy you know, to, to do this. There's never been someone that's picked a perfect bracket throughout the entire time of the NCAA tournament. No one's ever picked a perfect bracket. It's just never been done. And it probably, I don't want to say it'll never be done because everybody used to think that no number 16 team will ever beat a number one team. But with a UMBC beat Virginia, the first and only time a number 16 team has beaten a number one team. So it can happen. These these upsets and these crazy picks, these runs can happen. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about this as I am recording this on March 20th here on Sunday. I got uh, my one screen up here with some uh, tournament going on here as Villanova looks to... Uh, to get the win against Ohio State here in the, the round of 32 with only 48 seconds left. Uh, Villanova's ahead by eight, and they're about to go to the line here and uh, shoot one one uh, free throw here, and we'll see how it goes with that. But, um, yeah, so, you know, what is exactly a busted bracket? You know, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean. Like, is a busted bracket a bracket that no longer has all of your final four teams in there? Or would you say that it's not busted until the team that you picked to win the championship has been kicked out? Or is it the two teams fighting for that championship? Like, what do you consider a busted bracket? I would say that, you know, as long as you got two teams 
vying for the championship, still alive in your bracket, then your bracket's not necessarily busted. As long as you have the team still alive that is looking to win the national championship, as long as they're still playing, your bracket's not busted. It may not be as clean and as uh, nice looking as you would like it to have been, but I think it's still alive. And right now, my bracket is still alive slightly a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of this, a lot of these picks have anything to do with skill as much as it is luck, you know, like who, who out there would have picked UMBC in their bracket to beat Virginia? I don't know if anybody did. Cause at that year, at that time, Virginia was what? Number one, number two in the country overall, I think. They were hot, but they ended up losing. And, like, who would have picked Butler that first year that they made that run to the tournament when they made it to the Final Four, maybe even the championship? You know, they were still a, a small mid-major school, and they still are. But they still have that, you know, that 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 carries with them, that, that year that there was that they made that run, and they've made a few runs, that still sticks with Butler. Fans all over the place still think, oh, you know, Butler can make another big run, you know, Butler, 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 because they've done it a few times. But every year there's always a team that seems to make a run. Loyola, uh, Chicago, you know, made a big run. Mid-major school. Right now we have St. Peter's making a big run where, you know, they just beat Kentucky. They beat Murray State. Two great teams. I know a lot of people were looking to see Murray State and Kentucky play each other because they've never played each other, which is unfathomable to think about because they're both Kentucky schools and they've never played each other ever, which it just blows my mind away that they've never had played together. So I had uh, Murray State going to the Final Four. I also had South Dakota State going to the Final Four because I – I know a lot of people gave me shit at work about this, but I just feel as though there was something about South Dakota State that I felt was going to be, um, you know, they just had something special. I mean, granted, they didn't have, like, the, the biggest guys, but there was just something about them that, you know, they were they were a scoring machine. And I, I just figured that they would be able to uh, – defeat Providence. I mean, Providence to me out of all the big East teams in this tournament probably were like in the middle of somewhere in the pack, not the team I would pick to go as far as they have. Um, but I don't think they're going to, they're going to beat Kansas, um, when they play each other. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. And right now, um, looking at the group here that I've created for the sports cognition podcast, um, Looks like we only had one uh, one person join because I guess everyone else was just too afraid to do it. So Derek, good old boys, FF, um, not quite sure what that means, but he has his final four. He picked Murray State like I did in the final four, but he also picked Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Kansas in the final four. I had Gonzaga, Murray State, Arizona, and San Diego State in the final four. So, so far, I still got two of those teams alive. He's still got three of those teams alive. Currently, he is uh, beating me. He has Gonzaga versus Kansas playing each other. 
in the championship. I got Gonzaga versus Arizona. And I know Arizona's a heavy favorite because they got some big dudes uh, down there in the paint that can just, uh, you know, be tough to tough to score on. And it'll be pretty interesting to see exactly how they play and fare for the uh, for the rest of the tournament here. But um, yeah, currently I'm not faring all that well. Um, but uh, <laughs> but like anyone that had Kentucky in the Final Four, I'm sure isn't doing all that well. Everyone that had Baylor in the Final Four probably isn't doing all that well either. Baylor got knocked out by North Carolina. Man, North Carolina is hot. They scored 95 in the first round. They've scored 93 against Baylor. I mean, they are just on fire right now. So I, I'm a, I fear for UCLA fans. If they think they're just going to go in there and roll over North Carolina, they better think again. North Carolina is probably the hottest team right now. Eh, you could argue St. Peter's, but, you know, if St. Peter, you know, whether they play Texas or Purdue, you know, they're going to have a hard time. Those are two really good teams that they're going to go up against. I would love to see them make a run. Uh, you know me. You know I'm always rooting for the little guy, the little schools to take down, you know, the Goliaths, you know, your typical teams that you see in every year. Um, I mean, I made some, I guess, uh, some questionable picks I had Longwood beating Tennessee. I had Colgate beating Wisconsin. Like I said, I talked about South Dakota State making a run. But, you know, some of these I don't think were all that far off. I mean, I had Murray State making it to the Final Four. And who would have thought that St. Peter's from Jersey City, New Jersey, is just going to come out and just wreak havoc on everyone's everyone's sheets right now? Nobody would have thought that. So that's why it's hard to say that, there's a much skill involved in when it comes to picking your bracket. It's more or less luck. I mean, you could look at, uh, you can analyze every team if you want. Nobody out there is actually going to do that because no one actually has the time to analyze every single team. Look at all the stats. And, and, and even if you did, you still can't predict it. You could probably look and compare St. Peter's to Kentucky, and you still. 99 out of 100 times would have picked St. Peter's to lose against Kentucky. Just by based on, you know, the the discrepancy in their in their schools and Kentucky being a, a giant basketball juggernaut. Not to mention, I think Kentucky has like a $16 million, uh, what is it, the budget and, and uh, St. Peter's has like a $1 million budget, something like that. So... It's crazy, but at the same time, this is what makes sports entertaining. This is what makes sports great to watch. If you see a team on any given day, like St. Peter's, come up, little David, taking on Goliath, taking him down, then to go into the second round and beat another very, very good team in Murray State and advance to the Sweet 16, you know, this this is the kind of argument that a lot of people make when it comes to wanting to expand the college football playoffs is that everyone would watch more because yeah you only have currently have four games right now and they're supposedly the best teams um you could argue that anytime because anytime Notre Dame gets in these things they just get blown out um 
So I think if you have a little bit more um, parity within the college football playoff, like you do with the college basketball playoff, that you would get a lot more views, a lot more eyes on it because everyone's rooting for their school. And let's let's say so what if if um, you know uh, Boise State were to come out and beat Alabama. Let's say you put them in there. Does that make the product any worse? It does if you're a if you're a Bama fan, I'm sure. But for the most of us, a lot of us clamor to see those big names get dropped. Like everyone but Kentucky Wildcat fans celebrated St. Peter's victory. Just like everyone celebrated North Carolina beating Duke at Duke in Coach K's final home game. Everyone celebrated Virginia Tech beating Duke, keeping them from winning the ACC championship. Because you got Coach K and Duke, who are a big-time program, have been for about 30 or so years, and that's just how it is. You know, the 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 Warriors. Everyone wanted to see them fall. I'm sure it was the same way with the Bulls in the 90s, same way with the Patriots uh, when Brady was there. You, you have the same teams that are constantly winning and being successful. You just want to see you, unless you're a fan of that team, you're just wanting to see them fall. You know, you want someone else to take over. And I don't know if it's more or less something where it's um, hate for that team or um, I think a lot of it probably is hate for that team, jealousy that it's not your team being successful. Uh, a lot of it could be, you know, I know with me, after a while you just get tired of seeing the same old teams over and over again like you want something different like that's what's so stale about college football um i mean it's it's always the same old teams over and over again competing um and in basketball it's always you know it's different you know you always have the same teams that are in the same run where it's always you know the kansases or the kentuckys or the dukes or the uclas uh Villanova, like those schools there, but they're not always winning championships like Alabama or like the Patriots. Um, You know, there's um, there's some parity there. And I think that's what makes, you know, I think that's what makes an enjoyable product is that you don't know what to expect. You can you can say that Alabama's going to win when the football playoffs. And eight out of ten times, they probably are. And in college basketball, you know, you got so many more teams to choose from that, you know, your top ten teams should, in theory, make the final four. But you never know. And that's what keeps people watching all the time. That's what is intriguing about this because anything could happen. And it typically always does. And it'll be pretty cool to see exactly how far St. Peter's can take uh, their tournament run. You know, I would it would be crazy to see them in the Final Four. I don't think it's going to happen. If they end up, if North Carolina beats UCLA and North Carolina and St. Peter's end up meeting each other, if St. Peter's gets past Texas or Purdue, it'll be a tough, a tough road to the final four there because North Carolina is hot. I think North Carolina is going to be the team out of the, uh, where are they? The West? No, not the West. They're in the the East to make it to the final four. Uh, North Carolina is just really good right now. UCLA is pretty good too, but North Carolina is just on fire. They're 
putting up NBA team scores here, like in the in the low 90s, almost hitting hundreds for the last two victories. So that's probably going to be the most intriguing game coming up in the Sweet 16 out of all of them. North Carolina versus UCLA will probably get the most ratings because that is just the, I mean the the matchup in its in itself will be awesome. If you know if Arizona and Houston play, that'll probably be a big second. You know Michigan Villanova, yeah, yeah, kind of cool, but doesn't still have that same uh, that same um, you know allure to it like North Carolina UCLA does. But uh, Michigan is probably one of the teams I'm pulling for. I just, you know, it's it's great seeing the Fab Five guys in there, Jalen, uh, Jimmy, and uh, Chris Weber there supporting uh, Juwan and everything. And I like that they went and they had those throwback jerseys on when they played Tennessee, and they had the the big M and everything like when they when they were in school and everything. So I, I love seeing stuff like that, you know, and. A lot of guys these days don't, probably don't have any understanding or idea of what you know the Fab Five were and how they contributed to the landscape of college basketball and basketball in general. They played a pivotal role in how like the uniforms were changed, the attitude and everything. And um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the same way with um, like you know younger the younger generation now you know, can have an appreciation for Michael Jordan, but they don't fully understand. They might watch The Last Dance, and that's about all they know of Michael Jordan. They didn't actually get a chance to see him play and know exactly just how great he is and what he did for the game of basketball and how he is the God, or as Reggie Miller always calls him, Black Jesus. (laughs) That's probably one of the funniest nicknames you can have for somebody is black Jesus for, for Michael Jordan. And he was man. Motherfucker walked on water. No, he, he flew over water. He glided over water, which still haven't seen anyone like that to this day. Maybe Vince Carter did some, was great at some aerial moves, but you know, wasn't still quite the same player as Michael Jordan. Um, I, I, I argue right now that John Morant is going to be the new Jordan. He's been in the league for a few years, does some amazing things, and, you know, he's going to get better. He is going to get better, and he is going to be the future of the league. You know, you have your KDs, your LeBrons, uh, Steph Curry, obviously still pretty young, um, but Josh, just he's just got something else going for him. Like, he can move like no one else, and... It'll be interesting to see where him and that Grizzlies team go to because he's got a great team with him. Uh, and I'm moving, I'm getting out of college here, but we're we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. We'll we'll scrap that for later here. We're gonna stick with the March Madness here. So uh, Villanova did beat uh, Ohio State, um, so they are moving on. And then now uh, Duke and Michigan State just tipped off. This is a, always a, a fun game to watch with. Uh, you got Tom Izzo and Coach K uh, and these teams going at it. These teams always have great games, great battles. Um, and I don't really like either program necessarily, necessarily, so I don't really have a preference. Um, try not to be so spiteful and everything for some of these teams that typically gets a lot of hate. Um and and that's something I wanted to touch on. Like when it comes to hating these schools, um, you know, I I just hope that fans 
don't necessarily harp on the the kids themselves because I don't think that the hate is towards those kids in general. Like I per I personally, you know, when I'm rooting for a team to lose, like a Duke or Michigan State or Kentucky and Kansas, um, I I'm not. I'm not like wanting those kids to lose. Like it's, it's not enjoyable for me to see, you know, the kids on the sideline, you know, they're crying because they, they've put everything they could into, into that moment and getting to the championship. And it didn't happen for them. And I, I remember it was like when I would play sports and I was younger and just losing a regular game how distraught and upset I was that it brought me to tears. I would cry because I'm so upset and there's nothing else I could do because I'm so pissed off that we lost that there's nothing else for me to do but cry. And so the kids themselves, I don't like seeing lose. Now, what I do like seeing, like the fans on the other hand is different because, you know, the fans, you know, haven't put the work in like the players. They're not, you know, sacrificing like the players are to get to that level there. And, and and it's not, I don't even really feel bad for the coaches. You know, the coaches will be there next year, but the players only have so many years before they can try to accomplish a national championship. And I know it's great to be in the final four. It's great to be in the championship game, but ultimately you want, you want that ring. You want that, that glory of being a national champion that will, even if a school or, some player does something stupid and the NCAA erases it or tries to take it away. They can't take it away because it happened and you won. So when, when I, when I talk shit on teams and like, you know, say that I hope they lose, it's nothing personal toward the players. I'm not wanting the actual players to lose. I just, you know, I just want the fans to lose. I, I want the fans to feel that disappointment and, and sadness, you know, because we've all felt it before. So it's really the the fans are what make a program unsuffer, insufferable sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's the coaches. Sometimes it could be the players here and there. But ultimately it's the fans that make some of those uh, programs insufferable that everybody wants them to lose. Um, so it's – because I like seeing the players out there when they celebrate, they're happy. It's like you got a bunch of young guys out there who are busting their ass and young women for the, for the women's tournament as well, who are busting their ass to try and achieve one common goal on a team. And that's to win a championship. And you know, when they, when they get that round one win, they're all smiles or happy, you know, and they, you know, as every win proceeds, they keep, you know, they keep getting happier and happier. And you're just like, man, you got to feel good for them. And you don't want them to feel bad or down about themselves. It's because it's not like I'm going to like tear the players down personally, but uh, you know it's it's good to see like you know the players, you know, come to tears with those emotions and everything because people work so hard for something that it's you know it's it's good to see them achieve their goals. And I think that's something that everyone can can agree on and in some cases have uh, some sort of, uh, you know, attachment with that in their own life, whether it's a sport thing or relationship thing or a career thing, you know, or a hobby, you know, something, anything you want to do in life and you try to set a goal and you achieve it, don't you feel good about it? You know, don't you want everyone to have that same feeling, that that good feeling that you've, you put in so much hard work and now you, you've achieved what you hope to achieve 
I mean, you kind of want that stuff to spread around. You know, I think the more of that, more of that good, positive feeling that we spread around and hope for other people to achieve that, you know, the world would be a little bit of a better place, hopefully. And, you know, it's just, it's just a good feeling. And that's an actual good note to end on for now. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, try to bring back some of this positivity with me. And then uh, next up, uh, we'll talk about the Cleveland Browns and uh, signing Deshaun Watson and what that uh, potentially means for the Browns and um, kind of what their priorities are and if they have those in order. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. I am back. Thanks for sticking around here. So, talked about March Madness and how all that's going on. And uh, currently, Michigan is up 11-7 to against Duke in the first half. Um but when I move on to the NFL, some there was some very big news happening here with uh, the Cleveland Browns shine, signing Deshaun Watson. Um, it's kind of a uh, you know it's it's been kind of a hot topic lately with uh, um, with people saying you know with uh, this signing of Deshaun Watson. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to what exactly that means. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson was been accused by about 22 different women um, of uh, sexual misconduct or was it sexual assault? Um, and so it's kind of kind of makes you wonder, like, what uh, what kind of priorities do these football teams have? Uh, you look at the history of the NFL. They don't have the, the greatest, um, you know record of you know signing overall great people um and it's it's kind of a phenomenon where um movie studios uh, music industries um you know and even other things like you know other businesses like amazon things like that like you can have uh, um like if you sign or had someone who was you know making uh making kind of a public stink or or wasn't quite the person that you would want representing yourself, um, then you have to worry about your brand tanking. And the NFL seems to not have to ever worry about that. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of a phenomenon that the NFL still gets all of these supporters and, and uh, eyes on the product when they have all of these, you know, people who probably aren't the greatest 
role models or even the greatest people. And I understand like, you know, you, you know, you make a mistake and you, you, you know, you do what you can to make up for it and learn from it and move on. Um, but, but this is, this is just a little weird. Um, the Browns have apparently said that, uh, they did a thorough investigation and, and yes, Deshaun Watson has, you know, the, the jurors did not, you know, find him guilty. They didn't, um, I think it was, um, they were, you know, there's still a lot of ongoing processes for Deshaun Watson where, um, there's still like some civil suits that he has to deal with. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you go up to a podium and say, we just signed Deshaun Watson who has been, um, accused of sexual assault and sexual misconduct by 22 different women, even though he was found innocent or I don't know if he was found innocent or more or less was, uh, um, they just decided not to indict him on that. Um, but it's, I mean, how do you go? I don't know. How do you, how do you live with yourself almost? in a way like and and what does this mean that the browns have done their investigation like who all are they? like they said they had a talk with Deshaun okay i mean Deshaun the guy who's been accused of the sexual assault i mean isn't just going to come out and say like yeah I, I did it and uh and hurt his chances so i just like i don't think the you know the browns didn't provide any specifics of their investigation they didn't speak to any of the women that filed the civil lawsuits against Wash, uh, Watson. Um, and I don't know. Like, well, that just seems like a bunch of bullshit. Like, they've done their thorough investigation to find out more about this. So, I mean, how thorough can you get if you're not talking to the 22 women, if you're not talking to Watson's lawyer, if you're not, like, getting, you know, anyone else about this? To me, it just kind of shows that the priorities of the NFL and the teams in the NFL are just completely fucked. Uh, like, you can't get any more fucked than that. I mean, look, I know, like, the, the whole innocent until proven guilty thing, but the the court of public opinion is a lot more stronger than the court of, you know, whether or not they're guilty or innocent. I mean... Everyone is going to look at the Browns and think that they hired, that they got this guy because they desperately want to win and don't really care about women. I mean, we, we, I mean, look at these things. I mean, nobody thought Bill Cosby could possibly do what he did. Bill Cosby could never do that. He was such a nice guy, great with kids. You know, he he made you love pudding pops, and he had the Cosby show and had the the nicest sweaters. He's such a nice guy. But we didn't know much about Bill Cosby then. All we knew was what he gave us and what we saw on TV. Nowadays, there's a lot more. Uh, you know, your privacy is invaded, where you don't you can't just you know. You can't keep all that hidden like you used to. Yeah, and I don't know anything else about Deshaun Watson. I haven't heard anything else about him having a sketchy past or anything like that. So when I first heard the allegations, I was taken aback myself because from what I uh from what I got from Deshaun Watson, he seemed like a pretty decent dude. 
Now, it's hard to, and even if, you know, he is innocent of all of this stuff, it's still hard to move on and not have that thought in the back of your head. Like, you know, what if he wasn't innocent? You know, what if he did do all this stuff? I mean, shit, look at at O.J. Simpson. I mean, the prosecuting attorneys botched that one. And there was a, you could watch the 30 for 30 deal on OJ Simpson, which is like a seven episode deal where even, even the, uh, even one of the, even some of the, um, oh shit. What am I thinking of? The jurors, you know, let, made him, let him go free in retaliation to what happened with Rodney King and everything else, you know, can trying to get some sort of, uh, uh, you know, payback for all the injustices that are going on against black people at that time. And still, so, you know, which is still kind of fucked up to, you know, do that, let that man go from that. But, you know, it is what it is. And that's the past. But this is the thing. I, I don't want to say that those women were wrong in that Watson is innocent. I don't want to devalue something that I wasn't actually there to, to, to witness myself. He could have done these things. I mean, having 22 different women accuse you of sexual assault, sexual misconduct is kind of a big number. Like who, who are, who are all these people getting together and like saying, Hey, let's just find some people and, and everything. Like, I I don't think I'm not going to say that this was a, uh, a coup against Deshaun Watson or some sort of money grab, but if he was found, uh, innocent or not guilty, at least of in the uh, criminal courts, the civil cases are most likely just going to get swept under the rug. Um, there'll be a, a non-disclosure agreement. And he will probably pay the 22 women off and move on. That's probably what's going to happen. He'll, he'll probably serve a suspension of some sort, um, which knowing the NFL, with it being a sexual assault or any kind of assault against women, probably won't be that long. But if you're betting on games or you know doing anything else, you could be suspended for, for much longer. Um, NFL just – they haven't had their priority straight in quite some time. And and that brings me to to another issue here is we still have Deshaun Watson get signed to to the the Cleveland Browns after getting accused by 22 different women of sexual assault, sexual misconduct. Yet Colin Kaepernick is still not signed with a team. So what that tells me is that the NFL and all the owners on the team and of those teams think it's okay to be accused by multiple women of sexual assault. But uh, the minute you start uh, raising awareness for social injustices against black people, well, then we have, we got a problem here, pal. That's what it, that's what it shows me. And that's, and, and the NFL can put all the signage they want on helmets and jerseys in the field and whatever they want until they actually do something like show something 
that they're actually trying to help. It's just all going to be bullshit. It's just marketing. You know, you can you can put equality on someone's helmet. You can put uh, end racism on someone's helmet. You know, you can let players put stickers and badges of, you know, certain phrases that you approve, that the league approves of. But what else are you actually, what's the NFL actually going out and doing physically? Are they, or what are they doing in the communities to actually help make things better? Because I'm, and, and I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick should be a starting quarterback right now. I think he very well could. He's already proven in the past that he is a starting quarterback and can be. He's definitely better than, you know, whoever the the 15th rated quarterback on down is. In a, and the Browns also signed Jacoby Brissett to be Deshaun Watson's backup. Now, are you telling me that Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> Please. Hell no. Kaepernick went to the fucking Super Bowl. Jacoby Brissett hasn't done shit. Brissett's been in the league for, what, five, six years? What has he done? He hasn't done anything. Are you telling me that Colin Kaepernick couldn't be even a backup quarterback? So out of the 30, 60, 70, you know, counting even the B, the the QB3s out there, He's saying that Colin Kaepernick is not better than any of those seven quarterbacks. Of course he is. Of course he is. I mean, some people might think I'm a hypocrite for talking all this shit and yet still watching football. Maybe I am. I mean, I'm a human. We're all, you know, we're all hypocrites in our own way. A lot of us talk a big game, don't follow it up. More, I give nothing but props and respect to people that are able to do it. But, you know, I talk a lot of shit on the NFL, yet I still watch. I still root for my Chiefs. I still play fantasy football. But just because you feel strongly about something... doesn't mean you have to totally give up on something else that you love. You know what I mean? It's it's like, yeah, the NFL has some problems. And I want them to do better. I want them as a league to do better. But I guess it makes, you know, maybe I need to go back and think like, well, how how bad do I really want things to change if I'm still supporting this product that, isn't supporting any kind of change and obviously doesn't seem to care about anyone else but their own bottom line. And that's a reasonable argument to make, you know. You know, maybe I'll do some uh some soul searching as well on this, but it's tough, you know. It's almost like a drug, something you've you've had it for so long and you've injected it into yourself for most of your life and then you try to kick it. It's tough. It's really tough. But but the Browns are most likely going to be getting rid of uh, 
Baker Mayfield, where he would go, not quite sure. It'd be very interesting to see where he would go if anyone would pick him up. He's a okay quarterback, you know. He definitely played a lot better when he had weapons. So is that is that uh you know, is that more or less, you know, devalue him as a quarterback and because he didn't get better until he had more talented players? I don't know. But I know a lot of people didn't have a lot of high hopes on Baker Mayfield in the beginning. Baker Mayfield wasn't the uh you know the the you know the quintessential quarterback that you look for in someone. He's like six foot. Most quarterbacks you're wanting are like six three, six four, you know, strong built. He's kind of a, you know, little guy in NFL respects and football respects. So It'd be interesting to see, but I don't know how the Browns and their fan base feel. I'd love to hear how all of you Browns fans feel out there about having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Are you are you happy for this? Are you against this? Are you in the opinion of, you know, um, I'm good with this because he hasn't been found guilty of anything? And let's move on, you know. Love to hear what you think, you know. You can always leave me a voicemail at 303-800-0980. Tell me your thoughts on, you know, how you feel about the Browns signing Deshaun Watson. If you're a Browns fan or not, you know, I'd love to hear what you think about all of this here. Or, you know, send me a send me a send me an email, sportscognition at gmail dot com and uh see, you know, maybe you have another take on it or some ideas about why the Browns would move forward with this when for so long, I know a lot of people didn't want to touch him because they weren't sure of what was going to happen to him, if he was going to be arrested or not. But since he hasn't been found guilty, next thing you know, he's getting other teams looking out for him and wanting to sign him, but the Browns got him. So, um, you know, is is that, is uh, not being found, is being found not guilty? Is that good enough for you? You know? Just because you're not guilty, you know, just because you're found not guilty doesn't equal that you are innocent. Sure, in the court of law and everything, but in the court of uh, public opinion, there's going to be a little bit of uh, uncertainty about that. when You have been accused by 22 different women. And I, I haven't read all the uh, the court documents or anything like that, so I'm... I'm completely ignorant on everything that happened. But, you know, it's, it's hard for me to believe that 22 women got together to try and frame Deshaun Watson on, on all this stuff. Maybe there wasn't enough evidence to support, and I don't really know how, um, you know, it could be a tricky situation sometimes. You know, public defenders are good at maybe, like, swaying the evidence or swaying the jurors into believing, like, you know, there's not enough evidence here to prosecute him. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to hear from, from all of you Browns fans and non-Brown fans out there about what you think about this signing here. But uh, we're going to go. We're going to take a break here. I'm going to come back, and we are going to discuss uh, the NBA and uh, what uh, what we can – what we can plan to see for the, the finals, the playoffs, and the upcoming future. So stay with us. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, we're back. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming back here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. Um, Steph Curry is indefinitely out or out indefinitely with a, uh, I believe it was a, a tear in his ankle. Um, and kind of makes you wonder what, you know, what's, what's in store for the NBA here? What are we going to be, what can we look forward to? Um, you know, I know, um, Let's see. Steph Curry is going to be, you know, he's getting reevaluated uh, after his MRI. He had did suffer a sprained left foot ligament, so he could be back. But you know, I I think this definitely hurts the Warriors' chances of winning a championship. If Steph Curry is going to be out for however long, you know, if he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, then see about maybe him coming back for the playoffs. Then you're you may not be in the a great playoff position by the time he gets back. the The Warriors, I'm sorry, the Steph Curry is just the heart and soul of that team. He is a scoring machine. Um, Clay Thompson is not the same player as he has been before. Very injury prone. Not to mention he's not the same player as Steph Curry. Steph Curry is one of the most phenomenal shooters you you will ever see in your life. Kid's just a freak. He's got probably the greatest hand-eye coordination you can find on a human being when it comes to getting that ball in the hoop from 50 whatever feet away. You know, it's incredible. But I don't see the Warriors making it. You know, they might make the playoffs still. I mean, they're only third. They're only nine. They're nine and a half games behind. No one's catching the Suns. I know the Grizzlies are nine, nine games behind, but they're not going to catch the Suns. The Suns are too hot. I mean, for fuck's sakes, they're the only team right now that has uh, gotten themselves, uh, well, a playoff berth. The only team that's clinched a playoff berth. I don't think anyone's going to catch up to the Grizzlies. Grizzlies will probably finish at number two. Um, and I said this last year. I think I said this earlier in a podcast <coughs> that the Memphis. I was. I've been saying this about the Grizzlies. I've said this before that the Grizzlies will be at least no lower than a number five seeded playoff team this year, and they're already number two. Because I'm a Grizzlies fan. I'm watching all their games. I see what Ja does. I see the kind of team camaraderie that they have. And they're young. And they're only going to get better. And they've gotten astronomically better than they were last year. They got probably one of the best team chemistries and best bench depth in the league. You got Brandon Clark coming off. You got Tyus Jones coming off. Uh, when you have Desmond Bain out there, you still have uh, uh, 
oh god, I can't even think of the guy's name. But I mean, your starters are Desmond Bain. Typically, usually have Jaw on there, of course, starting. Um, Steven Adams, um, Dylan Brooks, who's still injured. He's been out for most of the season, um, and the team's still kicking ass. You know, um, Conchar out there is doing great. He got Melton. Um, like this team, Xavier Tillman, uh, Zaire Williams, like you have great depth in this team and like you can switch guys in and out all night and be just fine. And it, it just shows, I mean, they're the number two team right now in the West and the West has always historically been, you know, for the last 20 or so 20 years, like the best, uh, conference in the NBA. But with Steph being out, the Warriors' chances of winning a championship are done. Warriors will most likely finish. Mm, see, Steph's out for two weeks at the very least. They're already third, four games ahead of Jazz. Mm, I could see them finishing fifth place. Maybe sixth. Timberwolves are a good team to contend with. You know, it just kind of happens, see what happens when all those playoff teams there. But Steph Curry is in, he's basically the glue that keeps the Warriors together. And without him, they're going to fall apart. So Warriors fans, you're just going to have to wait until next year to get that, that what is it, fourth championship? Or is it fifth? No, nah, it's got to be fourth. I think it's fourth. I can't remember. I can't ever keep up with them. But things are very interesting in the East, like, Things are moving around in the East. Like for a while, the Chicago Bulls were the number two, the number one team in the East, and were looking hot. Now they've kind of cooled off a bit. They moved down to the fifth. The Cleveland Cavaliers are pretty much the surprise. They're like the Memphis Grizzlies of the East. They're the surprise team. Maybe not as good as the Grizzlies, but um, still a great, great young team. And I've said this before that I can easily see the Cavs and the Grizzlies in the next three years meet each other in the finals because they're young and you know they they're hot they're hot they just have what it takes but you know a lot of people are saying the Miami Heat is uh is is probably the front runner from the east uh some people say the 76ers you always have the Bucks who won it last year looking to make a comeback uh, I'm, I guess you wouldn't call it a comeback, but since they are still the third team in in the in the NBA East, that you know they're they're you can argue that they're not quite the same team that they were last year. There there might be a little uh, NBA championship hangover, but you know they're still kicking it. They're still sticking around. I think that they're probably the I'd say they're probably the third best team in the league. Um, but I wanted to say. This right here, right now, and I can't remember if I've said this on this previous show, but my picks for the NBA Finals, as it stands right now, you know, pre-playoffs and everything, if I had to pick two teams and put money on making it to the Finals, it would be the Phoenix Suns from the West and from the East, the Boston Celtics. 
I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. Mike, you are crazy. There's no way the Celtics are going to make the playoffs. Well, they're 8-2 in their last 10 games. And since the little bit before the playoffs, they have been one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They're already in fourth place. They're only four games behind the Heat. So this is this is the thing between the East and the West. The East has some good teams, but it's a very, very close race. It's going to be between the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Heat to get that first place, uh, that number one spot in the East. I don't see the Bulls. I don't think the Bulls have what it takes to to make a push to get back to the top spot in the East. But those four teams can. It's a very close race. Ultimately, I think the Phoenix Suns are going to win the championship this year like they should have won last year. I think I picked the Bucks to win. I can't remember. I don't keep up with these things. Hopefully you guys can tell me and remember. But the Phoenix Suns are nine games ahead of the Grizzlies. So the Suns have just been eliminating and whipping everyone's ass. Um, ultimately, I know the I know the Grizzlies are in the second place right now, but I personally, with them being so young and inexperienced with uh, making playoff pushes, I still don't think they're the second best team in the West. This is coming from a fan, a Grizzlies fan. I would still say that the Utah. I would still argue that the Utah Jazz are the second-best team in the West underneath the Suns. I would even say, well, I would have said, if Steph was still healthy and playing, I would put the Warriors above the Grizzlies because of their experience. Um, Right now, probably not. But those are the only two to three teams I would put above the Grizzlies. Everyone else is just below the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are just better than all the other teams in the West. But... I mean, look at look at what the Celtics have done. They're you know nine and six in their division, thirty and sixteen in their conference. Great home record, great away record. You know, they're but they're they got winning records in both, so they can win at home and away. It's not a lot of teams can say that, you know. Besides uh which, in the, when it comes to playoffs, you need to be able to win away games. And the Heat can do that. The Sixers can do that. The Bucks can do that. Bulls can't. Cleveland has a hard time winning on the road. And I know that the Bucks and the those three teams above them have a better away record. But... You know, a lot of those away losses came before the trade deadline and acquiring uh, Derek White and everything. And, like, the Celtics are just on fire. Like, they could easily, easily make a notch to go up there. I mean, let's look at the let's look at their schedule. They're playing at the Nuggets tonight. That should be a win for the Celtics. It just should be. The, the, the Nuggets aren't that great. I still don't understand Jokic getting the MVP and everyone's praises for him. Good player. Really good player. Best player in the league? Hell no. 
Ultimately, that's what the MVP is, is the best player in the league. And Jokic is not the best player in the league. But look at look this look at the Celtics schedule. Let's look. They're playing at Denver. Should be a win. At Oklahoma City. Should be a win. Then they're home against Utah. Home against Minnesota. At Toronto. Then they play home against Miami. That will be a really good one. That one will we'll be able to see what they can do. But there's at least, I'd say, four or five games before that Miami Heat game that the Celtics could stay with them for or climb up a little bit closer to the Heat. Then they play home against the Pacers. Easy win. Home against the Wizards. Easy win. At Chicago. That would be an interesting one. So this is when it gets tough. This is the only this, – the, the last three, their they're, they're away games – is what makes me wonder how they're how they're going to finish. This is going to be the ultimate test for the Celtics because they finish out the season at Chicago, at Milwaukee, and at Memphis. That's three tough teams, three tough games there. So if the Celtics end the season with a three, four-game winning streak, or even if they come out winning – all three or two out of those last three games, they will be so hot that they will have to be the clear the clear um, East champion. And then the Suns, I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't see how you can argue. The Suns are a clear favorite to win the West. Memphis will have a good showing. Memphis will probably, I, can, I think Memphis can easily make it to the NBA Finals. I mean, they're they're three and zero against the Nuggets. If they happen to play against them, they've had a tough time here and there against the Timberwolves. So as long as they don't have to play against them, I think they'll be fine. Mavericks, they've you know they've handled okay. So if they, I think they have a good chance of making it to the finals. But if they do, they're going to play the Phoenix Suns, and the Phoenix Suns are probably going to. Probably whip them pretty good. Suns, Suns are the best team in the in the NBA. Suns, I have them winning the championship right now. They should win it. They're the hottest team. I mean, they're thirty and eight at home, twenty seven and six away. I mean, no one has a better away record than that. And if you can dominate on the road in the NBA, then you got it. I mean, I know the playoffs are a completely different animal. Because you have the crowd factoring in there, which is a lot different than when you have a regular season crowd. Totally different. But we'll just have to see, and that's kind of the fun part of of sports is waiting to see how everything plays out here. And speaking of playing out, I think it's about time that uh, I play myself out here and... uh, get moving on here so but uh thank you all so much for sticking around this is pretty much going to do it for me here for this episode of sports cognition uh always always good good talks here you know can't wait to see how the rest of this uh final four march madness plays out here currently duke is uh head of michigan state 31 to 27 with about two uh, two minutes and twenty seconds left in the first half here, so just giving you guys some uh, not necessarily play by play announcing, but 
you know, just giving you some updates. And uh, Michigan State just hit a three to go 30-31. to 31. So, good close game here, everyone. But, uh, like I said, thank you all so much for listening. Truly, truly appreciate it, you know. And, uh, you know, if you really, you know, want to show me that you love the show, the best way that you can do that is to subscribe to the podcast if, you know, where your podcatcher of choice allows you to do so. And you um, should be able to at least. But it's uh, the reviews and the ratings that not always uh, podcatchers uh, allow you to do so. So if you're able to rate, do a rating or a review, please go to your podcatcher. Give us a rating. Give me a review here. Make it great because it really does help. I know you hear that on podcasts all the time. It's like, oh, how cliche of this guy to say, give me a rating and review. But it really does. You know, the better ratings, the more reviews you get, the more it gets out there to the public. And um, that's the best way that you can help. You know, you're not paying for this service, right? I mean, it's free. So why not take a little bit of time to, to show your support and uh, toss me a bone out there. Appreciate it. But I um, always appreciate you all listening. And if you do like the show, you know, even if you want to do it episode by episode, you can always leave a rating review that way. Um, but uh, one of the best ways that you can really show that your support is, you know, have some interaction with me. I, I love love it when people interact with me about my takes, whether you agree with them, whether you, whether you think I'm far off, you know, if you think I'm an idiot, or if you think I'm a genius, which probably won't get many of those. Um, but, you know, it just takes a few minutes, you know. Send me an email, sportscognition at gmail.com, or you can always hit me on the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, um, you can find me on Twitter, probably more than anything, at sportspodcod. That's sports, uh, C-O-G-P-O-D there. Um, Another great way is uh, to be able to be on the show, interact with me and everything, is to uh, leave me a voicemail on some of your thoughts on my takes and what you think... uh, about some of the issues here that's happening, uh, like uh, you know Deshaun Watson, the NBA, uh, what the playoffs are going to look like there, the March Madness, you know, what what makes a good bracket, who's going to win it all. Um, give me a call at 303-800-0980. Leave a voicemail. I'll get you on the show here, and uh, we can uh, talk about it or what you want to hear talked about. I'd love to you know get some ideas from you as well, and. Uh, Another way to show some great support is to the band you're hearing right now called Don't Mind Dying. As always, they perform for the beginning and the end of the show here. You can find them on iTunes. Just look up Don't Mind Dying. Thank you guys for supporting and supplying the music for me here for the show here. But uh, thank you all again. I hope your week is filled with touchdowns, home runs, and slam dunks. Thank you. Good night.